רבותיי, שבוע טוב, שלום עליכם. All of you listeners of this great station, a station that only beams דברי תורה, דברי מוסר, דברי הלכה, and religious music, of course. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC, Sephardic Lebanese Congregation, and I'm going to be talking about the parasha we read yesterday, parasha Shofetim. You know, somewhere in the middle of the parasha, the Torah speaks about someone who inadvertently, my accident, he happened to hit, he hit and killed the fellow Jew. So what does he do? I mean, he didn't do it on purpose. The Torah gives him a way to somehow keep him alive. He runs to one of the six Are Miklat, the cities of, cities of refuge, or cities where he can be there and no one can actually go ahead and harm him. Moshe Rabbeinu designated three cities of refuge, and later on, another three cities were added for a total of six. Of course, once, once he's there, uh, the killer is relatively safe until the Kohen Gadol dies, then he can leave. So this is the one who killed Bishogeg. But then the Torah tells us something else. If someone actually committed a deliberate act of murder and he happens to go run to one of these cities, not going to help him. Won't help. Representative will be sent and they'll bring him back. He got to stand trial. Now, listen to what the Pasuk says about that person. If a man hates his fellow man, and he ambushes him, they come alive and he rises upon him. And he smites him, and he dies. And then he runs away to one of these Aremiklad cities of refuge. That's nice. That's not, it doesn't help him. Question is, Rashi, he brings a Midrash which shows that even in a case which is a case of murder, there is always a lesson to learn from the Pasuk. There's a lesson of Musa that you can learn from this Pasuk. How? So Rashi tells us. He says, first of all, what's all this? He hates him, he ambushes him, he rises and he smites. Just say someone that uh, deliberately kills somebody else, that's it. He can't run to these, to these towns. And she says, Mikan Amru, from here, the Hakim say, Avar Adam Amisvakala, if a person violates a what we perceive a person perceives as a light mitzvah, Sofola Avor 
על מצווה חמורה. At the end, it's going to also violate a more severe mitzvah. How? לפי שעבר עלו תשנא, because it says, וכי איש שונא, because he hated him. Now, hating, in, uh, by most, in a lot of people, hating, okay, it's in the heart, there's nothing physical about it. To think of it as, well, that's something, eh, that's not, it's not a, it's not a big, uh, it's not big avera. But it's just a love. Lo tisna ta'echa v'vavecha. It's a love. It's a regular, it's like a little uh, love. What do you mean? It, it, <laughs> but still, people in their mind, they perceive certain things as light and others as severe. So Rashi is saying, when a person starts thinking about something that's light, then eventually it's going to also be violating even a more severe one. And that's what the, uh, uh, the Tanah said in Pirkei Avot. Mitzvah goreret mitzvah, va'avera goreret avera. When you do even a small mitzvah, then that's going to bring you to more and more mitzvot. And if a person, God forbid, he does a little, a little avera, that's going to bring him to more and more avera, has shalom. Really, there's no such thing as a small, as a small avera. But, but nonetheless, Rashi brings it from the Midrash that there is such thing as, as Avera Kala, right? But it's only in the mind of the person. How, I mean, what does that mean, a, a, small, a small Avera? Shabbat is about 25 hours. If God forbid so much, you know, I, I'm not going to violate the whole Shabbat. We're going to violate half an hour of Shabbat. What do you mean? Shabbat is Shabbat. What's this thing as a little bit? The whole, or I'm not going to eat a big, big hasbe shalom ochel terev. Ah, a tiny bit. Doesn't matter. Isur is asur. Or sometimes you think of yourself, oh, a little avera. Ah, this one's not so much. Ah, I hate that guy. Malishi, it's okay. Let me let me bring you actually a an illustration, a clear example. From the parasha we read yesterday as to what you might think perhaps 90% of us might think is a small thing but the Torah thinks of it just as big how? okay this is about the parasha of the Kohen Mashua imagine you have 5,000 or 10,000 soldiers they're all ready to go to war with their swords on their side. Okay? And they have the, the, their bows and arrows right next to them. They're wearing their armor, ready to go and jump into the war. But everything stops. Someone important is going to come and give him a pep talk. A pep talk. Who, you might say, is going to come and give them a pep talk? Let's say, well, most probably... The commander of the armed forces, perhaps, or maybe some five-star general or a chief of staff. None of those. A holy man comes to give them a talk. A holy man. That man is a special person that we call Kohen Mashuah Milhama. He's actually anointed. He's almost the rank of a Kohen Gadol. But not quite, almost. 
But he's called Moshuah Milhama. His job is only when there is a war, he goes there and talks to the people. So what does he say to them? You know something he says to them, you know, but he, he says the following, Shema Israel, listen to me, Israel. Now you are now about to go to war on your enemies. Don't be fearful. And then he says, Believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Don't rely just on your armor. Don't rely on your tanks and your airplanes and your navy. It's good. It's, 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 it, of course, it's very important to have strong army and so on. But eventually, the, what decides victory or defeat is a Kadosh Baruch Hu. And he's telling to them, Hashem Elokechem Olechim Machem, Kadosh Baruch Hu is with you. Don't worry. He'll fight for you also. And he'll save you. This is, this is basically what a, uh, uh, the Kohen Mashuach is saying, to increase the emunah of Hashem. Now, but at the same time, something very interesting, he also talks to those soldiers who may be not physically, but emotionally handicapped. What does that mean, emotionally handicapped? Well, they have something emotional, which might not uh, let them fight properly. And he says, whoever has, whoever built a home didn't have a chance yet to go and live in it. Go back. You don't have to fight. A person who just built a beautiful home, he spent so much time and money and effort and he'll never see the home again. Perhaps not. He's going to war. So he's disturbed. He may not fight properly. We tell him, go home. Or whoever had a, has a vineyard and didn't get a chance yet to redeem in the fourth year, to redeem the fruits. Normally in the fourth year, you take the fruits, go to Yerushalayim, eat them over there. But remember, three years, you can't touch the, the, those fruits. For three years, you couldn't do anything. The fourth year, finally, now he has a chance to eat his fruits. So he's, he's so eager, but he has to go to war. So he says, listen, you go back. You don't have to go to war. Or, a person who got engaged to a woman and he didn't get a chance yet to marry the woman. His mind is only thinking about his bride. Maybe he'll be hampered in fighting the enemy. He tells him, go back home. Go back home. Finally, he ends up with the following. Miha ish hayare Whoever he is, fearful or soft heart, okay? he can't fight. Go back home. 
Now, what does that mean, fearful? Fearful from what? There's a mahlukat in the Tanaim. And Rabbi Akiva says, the plain meaning, he's afraid to fight. He, 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 he can't stand seeing those horses coming after him or men coming with their swords you know, uh, after him. He can't stand that. He can't take it. That's the Pashut Pshat. But Rabbi Yosea Galili says, you know what that fearful means? Fearful of a sin. Because he sinned, he's afraid that he might die at war. And the Kohen Mashuach says to him, go back home. Now, what kind of sin are we talking about? Now, you're talking about something. It must be that you thought it was very important. After all, something that might cause him to, 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 to die at war. Or maybe this guy was Mehalil Shabbat Bifarhas. Yeah, God forbid. Maybe he was eating Mahalut Asurot. Maybe he never fasted in Yom Kippur. None of those. None of those. We're talking about a person who engaged in conversation between putting on the tefillin in his hand, his arm, and the tefillin shelrosh, the tefillin that you put on on your head. Between these two tefillin, he engaged in conversation. Oh, I'm, many of you say, ah, well, that's not such a big deal, but you see it is. No such thing as a small avera. This man is worried. He's afraid. He might not make it at work. Why? Because he sinned. He spoke between putting on the tiffany in the hand and tiffany of the head, of his head. He can't, you, you see, the Yasirara works in such a way that first he starts attacking you with a small thing. And then he goes, keeps on increasing and increasing until, God forbid, it traps you and you fall prey into something much more severe. You know, they give a parable about this man who was a well-to-do man who was uh, riding a horse nicely and slowly then he sees a poor man in the street. And the poor man says to him, please, you know, give me something. The tzedakah, of course, so he gives him. After he gives him the tzedakah, the, man, the poor man says to, uh, to, the, to the other one, hey, you know what? Hey, can I just, uh, you know, hold you know, with the horse as you're walking as you're going, I'll just walk, and I, I have a, 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 a pleasure just to walk along with the horse. Okay, no problem, that's fine. Go ahead. Then after a, a few minutes, he says to him, you know, look, I, I, it's so hard for me to walk, you know. You don't lose anything. Can I go just in the back of, of you and I'll ride the horse with you? So the, the, the wealthy man says, well, what I got to lose? No problem. Go ahead. Jump in. And they go. And as they're going, 
man behind him, the poor man says, you know, I, I can't read. There's such a beautiful scenery here. I can't see anything because you're, you're in the front. Would you mind if I sit in the front and you sit in the back of me? He said, okay. But no big problem. Fine. No problem. Then as they got almost near the town, this poor man says to the horse owner, you know, I never had the thrill of riding a horse by myself. Would you mind if I just, hey, the, 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 the city's right here. Would you mind if I just keep on going here by myself? No problem. Fine. Oh, yeah. So the owner of the horse, he, he goes out. And as soon as he's done off his horse, this man, the poor man, runs with the horse, goes to town, and, and, and the owner runs after him. He stole my, he stole my horse. He stole my horse. He got nabbed. Everybody says to him, what do you mean? He's the one riding on the horse. <laughs> he's riding on it. It's his horse. Rabutai. <laughs> the moral of this story is the Yatsirana works that way. It starts with the small little things. And then it keeps on going up more and more and more. And from a small little avira, or what we think of as a small avira, it'll make a person go even worse. It's unfortunate, but many, many times, even some gedolim in the Tanakh, we see that they also made that, perhaps made that mistake, and thought of, Something not, you know, not so severe, or they had some kind of a reason behind it. You know, Shaul Melech was a, was a big time hacham. Shaul Melech, and yet when Shemuel came over to him and told him, "Go fight Amalek. Don't let anyone alive. Everything." He came back, but he left. He left Agag, the king. He left all these animals that he left him. And Shemuel says to him, what happened? How come he left all these animals here? He said, well, oh, I just wanted this for, for Zebahim Nakadosh Baruch Hu. What do you mean? Hashem said, get rid of them. He reasoned somehow. To him, he, didn't, he thought it's not so bad. It's a small thing. We can't. Even Shilomo HaMelech, the Gemara says, he was aware on two things. Loyar bilu susim, peloyar bilu nashim. Yeah. Why? Because Shilomo HaMelech said to himself, the Torah is saying, Loyal Belunashim. Why loyal Belunashim? He should not have too many women. Why? But the Torah gives a reason. Because they may turn his heart away from Hashem and take him to Abu Dazara. Ah. So Shalom Melech says to himself, wait a minute. Me, I'm. It's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. Shalom Melech was a great man. 
the wisest of all beings. What happened here? So I heard once a pshat from Rabbi Kotler. Rabbi Kotler said like this, there are many mitzvot that their reasons are actually written. Somewhere, maybe in the Mishnah, in the Gemara, somewhere in, in literature, for example, the night of Pesach, we say, Pesach al Shuma. What's Pesach for? We give a reason for it. Maror al Shuma. We give a reason. Okay? The Hamor, how come the Hamor? We have a Peter Hamor, but not the rest. And, well, we have a reason because they, uh, were, uh, they were helping the Bene Israel. They, they loaded lots, lots of stuff on them when they left Egypt. Fine. But they are. But you see, there's a big difference of Akotl says. Sometimes the Torah gives a mitzvah, and then the hakamim to understand that mitzvah a little better, they give you some kind of an answer, a reason for it. But the reason has nothing to do with the mitzvah itself. Shiromu HaMelech thought that this reason is only a plain reason. Rabbi Kotl says no. When the Torah says, it means that the Torah is telling us this is part of the mitzvah. It's part of it. It's the nature of man that if he does have too many women, it's part of it. Perhaps the mistake that Shlomo made was that he thought this was just a reason. A reason is, well, well, I'm a, you know, me, I'm a big, you know, I'm wise, I, I, I'm a big hacham, but it's not like that. If the Torah says, it means that it's going to happen. It's part of it. You can't just evade it. Rabbi again, let me just uh, uh, recapitulate what we said before. Now is Kodesh Elul. This is the time when we have to increase more and more mitzvot, more and more tefillot, more and more tzedakot. This is the time, more and more selichot. Let's not forget the selichot every morning. Get up a little bit earlier, go to selichot. It doesn't hurt. All these things, this is the time now. And we can't think of this, oh, this is a small thing. This is, no, this is not so big, malishi. No, we can't think that way. It doesn't work that way. Every single mitzvah is precious. Every mitzvah is just as important as the other. And every avira, God forbid, regardless of what you think it might be, eh, it's not so bad. No. A person who talks just between the putting on the tefillin of the hand and the tefillin on his head. That's all he did, yeah? You would think, well, that's not so bad. Well, you see what the Torah says. He has to go home. Why? Because, hey, that's big enough that he might not make it. It's a big sin. He might not, he might not make it at war. So, Raputai, as the month of Elul is going now, let us commit ourselves and do more mitzvot, more tzedakot, more tefillot, and be'ezat Hashem. Ulbe'ezokhe.
they had to come out on Yom Ad-Din. And let me just again remind everybody that this station, which is a station that always gives us only things that have to do with Torah and religion, very important, and we have to keep it going. And I urge every one of you that you can afford it, try to contribute so we can keep it. We have to keep it alive. Also, if you have any simha, look us up. We have a beautiful, beautifully renovated now social hall in our synagogue, SLC. We can accommodate any simha that you have. Shavuatov, tiskul, shalim rabot, neimod v'tovot, amen.